Hi, it's Rabbi Finn. You're about to hear what happens when I try and teach Rabbi Chapa how to make honey cake for the very first time. Now, if you want to watch an unedited video of my attempts, then head over to Facebook to find it over there. Also, in this episode, I meet with Rabbi Sylvester and Michael and Dana Rainsbury, three incredible educators who are going to be joining us in Bournewood over Rosh Hashanah. We get to hear a little bit about their lives and also about their plans for what they are going to be doing in our community. Enjoy. Wait, it has a funny name, the podcast. The uh, pastoral podcast? The... No, no, the, the pulpit podcast. Welcome to the pulpit podcast with Rabbi Finn and Rabbi Chapa. Hello, welcome to this, the second episode of our BES Pulpit podcast. Uh, I'm Rabbi Finn and I'm joined by Rabbi Chapa. Hello, Rabbi Finn. It feels like it genuinely, I, we recorded it, what, two weeks ago? It feels like ages ago. Yeah, wow, absolutely. I, I don't know about you, it's kind of been a really odd couple of weeks, uh, as well as preparing for Rosh Hashanah, just everything that's gone on in the world, especially in, in, in the UK, although it's yeah. taken over the world. I know they say like a week's a long time in politics, but I think, you know, a week in times in the, what's been going on, uh, yeah, in this country is really something uh, historic, obviously. Um, yeah, really sort of thrown as all, I think. I don't know about you, but certainly I found that was one of the hardest sermons I've had, I've had to give in a, in a long time. Definitely. I felt a lot of pressure just to get the tone right. But at the same time, I think everyone was with us. Everyone was anticipating. They just wanted to hear something. They just wanted to connect and come together. And I think, you know, I, I definitely know we got, we got the tone right, definitely from the feedback we've got. And, you know, saying the new prayer for all family for the first time. I don't know about you, but again, I was almost like a, a child with like two fingers on every single word. Yeah, I was focusing so much, obviously, on getting the, the, the names right that I'd forgotten that the second part of it, where the pronouns are changed, uh, um, was also had to concentrate. I'm like, oh, yes, of course, uh, uh, his Last time we spoke, you revealed you had yet to make your honey cake. And I'm not sure if you've actually ever made a honey cake. Um, not that I remember. I've eaten honey cake. I'm sure I've definitely eaten it. So I've made it all the way to take a piece and eat it, but not ever made, I don't think. Do, do you want me to teach you how to make a honey cake? Could you please? It would be, I, you know, it's my, my New Year's resolution to learn how to make honey cake. I've even got a bowl ready. You've, you've got a bowl ready? That's brilliant. You know what? Give me a it's second. A Let me... Let me go to my kitchen and then uh, we will uh, try and teach you how to make a honey cake. Okay. Whilst I'm going to the kitchen, do me a favour. Turn your oven on to 160 degrees Celsius. Right. OK. That, so I have to go find the oven. OK. <laughs> turn, turn the oven out where? Turn the uh, oven on. On. On right. to 160 degrees. Preferably 160? Yeah. OK. Heat. Heat. Is that Fahrenheit? Celsius. Celsius. OK. I'll go and check. 160 degrees Okay, whilst you're doing that, I've got to turn mine on as well. That's 160 degrees, Rabbi. <laughs> Fahrenheit. That's, that's, uh, Celsius, thank you so much. Oh, Celsius. I, 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 might, I might get it wrong. So, yeah, I hope not. I, I'm going to teach you how to make honey cake, and I'm going to do it alongside with you. But Rabbi, this is one of those times that you need to do what I say, not what I do. Okay, okay. I'm going to try and make a double batch for me, but I'm going to tell you how to make a single batch for you. So oh, okay, fine. 
Fine. One second, because I think I'm slightly underdressed for baking honey cake. Okay. okay. Um, so I think I need to put a hat on. Fine. I presume it's black. Well, no. I don't want to get typecast. <laughs> so uh, we are hoping that we're going to be able to share this video on live so that you're able to see what I'm looking at. But currently, for those of you who are listening, I'm looking at Rabbi Chaffee. He's bare, white shirt, a tie, and he's got a big white chef's hat on. And just get a bit closer to the camera so I can see what it says. It says Rav Cook. Ooh, 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 ooh. I, I like the pun. I like the pun. But have you got everything you need? So you I have a bowl. Through. You've got a bowl. Okay. Yep. So let me go through some of the other things you're going to need. Okay. You're going to need. You're going to need uh, a spoon. A spoon. I've got. Brilliant. Uh, that, that's that's a <laughs> that's a masher. Um, let's try again. A spoon. Uh, you might need a slightly bigger one than that. But let's see if we can cope. Uh, that's okay. A good wooden spoon. That is perfect. Salad, I think that's a salad spoon, though. I've got one of those. Uh, do you know what? Use a whisk. It's, uh, it may or may not work. I've got a spatula as well because you're going oh, to need a colors that. That's brilliant. You're going, to need, you're going to need a cup because you're going to be measuring with a cup. I think that's the same size as mine. It's, it, you're on a really small screen for me. Um, the other thing you're probably going to need is a teaspoon. Yes. And you're going a professional to be... teaspoon. Brilliant. Not, it's never been in tea before. Uh, it says well, one, one second. One TSP. That is that is a teaspoon. That, that, that used to be a bank. Uh, that's TSP. Oh, right, okay. Um, uh, brilliant. And then the, <laughs> the final thing you're probably going to need, unless you've already done already, you're probably going to need a glass because we're going to be cracking eggs, so you might want to check them later for blood. I, I won't show you, but I prepared those already. Oh, brilliant. Okay. And a really large bowl. Perfect. So let's get started. We're going to make honey cake. This is going to be the best honey cake you have ever made. In fact, it's the only honey cake you've ever made, yeah. but it still be the best honey cake you've ever made. So I feel like we should have that Kavana that this is, you know, the shame honey cake shell Rosh Hashanah, that we should have a Shana Tova Mutuka, a happy, healthy, and a sweet new year. Amen. So I hope, Rabbi, you are not on a diet because we're going to be putting a lot of sugar into this. So get a cup and basically pour a cup of sugar into your bowl. Well, we're starting with the sugar, okay? Unconventional. <laughs> Is it a heap spoon or just a... It's a cup. Cup, so... Uh... <laughs> yeah, perfect, perfect. That's not a spoon, it's a cup. Cup, yeah. Okay? So that's going in my bowl. In your bowl. In Lovely. your bowl. Let me know once you've done that. It's in. It's in. We're done. Oh, brilliant, brilliant. Now... You want to get some vegetable oil, some sunflower oil. You want to put a cup of sunflower oil in with your sugar. I've got that. Okay, brilliant. That's in. Okay, and now you want to give it a bit of a mix. That looks like that type of glue you used to get in primary school. <laughs> you know what, actually, I've never thought of it like that, but you are, you are absolutely right. I'll just, you know, before we make this even sweeter, why do you think we have honey cake at this time of year? Because it's sweet, Rabbi. Okay, uh, and so what? Eating sweet food just magically makes everything sweeter? Well, I think it's symbolic, isn't it? Obviously, it's symbolic of the idea that, that our, our hopes and wishes for the New Year should be sweet. And we have lots of... We have actually, you know, there's Simani and the other, the other symbolic foods we eat. I, you know, again, I think particularly I think about this, you know, that 
you know, we have Shabbos and we have Yontif and we have meals throughout the week, obviously. Uh, and, you know, we eat because that's what we do as humans. But I think on Rosh Hashanah, we try and take this to another level. That, uh, you know, we're actually thinking consciously about what we eat. And we're, we're choosing particular foods, not just to satisfy us physically, but to sort of, sort of engage us spiritually in, in what we're thinking about, what our hopes and our, our thoughts and prayers are for the coming year. So before I come back on that, get your uh, golden syrup. Now you want to put half a tin of golden syrup, half a small tin. So it's about 220, 225 grams of golden syrup. So we don't have a tin, we've got a, a squeezy bottle. I, I, I've also got a squeezy bottle, but you just oh, okay. put half of that squeezy bottle into your bowl. Is that a cup? Is that a cup then? Uh, I have no idea. It's just half a, half a squeezy bottle. Okay, so apparently it's just under my assistant's telling me. Okay, so we'll look, look at that. When, when does the honey go in, Rabbi? <laughs> patience, patience, patience. Oh, okay. Patience. Uh, so, so you're measuring different foods that we eat, and we become a bit more mindful about what we're eating. And there's yeah. all these, uh, it's simanim, which a lot of people do a whole kind of, a whole selection on, certainly on the first night, of these different types of foods. Um, you know, honey, apple honey is the, is the most famous one. Um, like fish heads, some people do. Yes. Um, I personally can't take the idea of a fish head, so I get those little Haribo fish. Oh, we have those as well. We have and those I cut, as well. I cut the heads off. Right, yeah, we have those as well. Uh, well this is in now. Oh, we're talking. This is really cool. This is really cool. Yeah, just, just mix it in. Mix it all together. So, if this is a really sticky... Uh, I would hate to think about sort of uh, calories in this. Yeah. Um, but I, I, the oil is not the oil is not mixing with the syrup now. Don't, don't worry, it just makes everything a bit easier. So, um, right, let's right. put some, some flavour into here. So I want you to put a teaspoon of cinnamon. Uh, ground cinnamon. Ground cinnamon. Yeah. Yes. Teaspoon of ground ginger. Yeah. I actually really like crystallised ginger. I like eating that as well. Really? Yeah, I do. Oh, no. Have you never tried it, Rabbi? You should really try it. Really? You need to, bro- you need to broaden your culinary horizons. You're right, you're right. I'm, I'm a bit too Ashkenazi in my, in my cooking approach. Um, oh, now, oh, I'm oh, putting I'm thinking, in... I'm, getting you... I'm taking the lid off. Oh, wow. Uh, okay, I'm putting in, but you don't have to because it's not in the ingredient list that I gave you before. But I also like to put in a teaspoon of mixed uh, spice. You don't need to do that because I didn't tell you to prepare that in advance. Well, we got, I think we can get that. Okay. Well, that's amazing. Just came to me. Look. Wow. Wow. You've got a proper teaspoon product. of that as well. Uh, a teaspoon of that, yeah. And give it a good mix as well. What, a teaspoon. Well, well, I would use a big spoon again. But uh, so, so of of the uh, simanim, uh, I, I love carrots. So I make an incredible like a uh, carrot salad. Um, Again, with using something called silan, which you must love, uh, silan, which is date syrup. Oh, um, no, yeah. see, see I, I'm not that keen on, on sweet and savoury being mixed. So, you know, the traditional simus when you've yeah. got that sweet carrots, mm, you know, to fulfil the mitzvah, I'll eat it. But, uh, Rabbi, you need to put in your culinary horizon. Yeah, So once you've done that, you need to get nine ounces 
yeah. self-raising flour. Now, if you think this mixture is a bit difficult to mix, it's going to get much harder. So nine ounces of self-raising flour, pour it into your bowl. Okay, all in one go. All in one go. I'm covering my computer with the uh, flour flour. Yeah, and just give it a mix. It, it is a bit difficult. Should I, should I be folding that or mixing it? Mixing it, although as I've been telling you how to do this, I've actually forgotten one of the ingredients, but we'll put it in there. <laughs> so it doesn't matter. doesn't matter. It's not bad essential. Okay. Um, before you mix it too much, now add in three eggs. Got that. Um, and just add, pour it in and give it all a proper mix. So I broke mine into a cup already to check the make sure no blood spots or anything. Brilliant. I haven't mixed them, so they're whole still. Is that okay? That's fine, that's fine. You're going to mix them in the bowl. But also, as, as I was thinking about Simonim, it's, it's kind of odd. Because it, we don't, I don't think we believe in, in lucky charms. No. Uh, but I think it's almost supposed to be an educational element. It turns the food that we're eating into a bit of self-reflection. So we're asking God when we dip the apple in the honey to have a sweet new year. Right. I think we've got to then challenge ourselves saying, so what are we going to do about it? How are we going to almost help God give us that sweet new year? Yeah, and also, what, I suppose, also thinking about, you know, we talk, what, what, would, what, would, what would make the year sweet? You know, what would define yeah. sweetness for us in the coming year as well? Something to think about. Um, you know, I think it's, yeah, you're right. It shouldn't just be just another meal. It's just, I like the idea of mindfulness, thinking about what we're eating and why we're eating it and yeah i mean the, i think it's the mission i think so when it talks about the the simon and the symbolic foods it says that the whole point of saying the hirazons is meant to is meant to you know awaken us to to think about you know the things we want really want to ask god for great can you add in half a teaspoon of bicarbonate of soda yeah um, half a teaspoon i have absolutely no idea what this does <laughs> um but but it's kind of baking basics Probably helps it rise, okay? Yeah, I think it probably helps it stay risen as opposed to collapsing too much. Because uh-huh. there's so much sugar in here. And there's so much... Uh, Which half of the sugar. teaspoon should I use? Uh, the bigger half. Okay. I don't think that's half. I'll go with that. We'll have to put too much in. Who knows? Give it a mix and then show me what yours is looking like. Okay, now it's going to get quite firm, isn't it? Yeah, it's a good workout. Yeah, it, it it kind of balances itself out. You're about to ingest so much calories that you're you're working it out a little bit. We still haven't put the honey in, have we? Uh, who, who needs honey in honey cake? Uh, if you're so desperate to put some honey, put a tablespoon of honey into your honey cake. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I've literally just. Yeah, so that, that's, what that's what it's looking like. A uh, bit higher. Can't quite see it. That's what it's looking like. <laughs> Yeah, oh, that's, okay, that's brilliant, brilliant. Don't call I need to spill it on the computer. So, okay. yeah, one so get 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 a tablespoon or a teaspoon of honey. Uh, and do one squeeze. One squeeze of honey as well. Oh, how about can we put some whiskey in the honey cake? Do you know what? If you want to put a little drop of whiskey, I'm not going to stop you. Oh. Um, be back in two seconds. <laughs> Sorry, I had to go and taste which one to use. Okay, so so, so which which what what are you using? Are you about to really annoy all the Scottish people in our community? Uh, yeah, I'm not going to say which one. I'm not going to say which one. Is it, is it a single malt? Of course. It probably makes sure it enough. I think a little bit more. <laughs> it's it's a little bit for you, a little bit for them. You don't want to add it's too fine. much. Lachaim. Lachaim, Lachaim. But um, right now you want to add in, and this bit you've got to be careful. 
uh, I want you to add in a cup of boiling water. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay, let's go and get that. This is going to make it really quite um, runny. Your cake? Yeah. Um, but trust me, it works. And then stir it quite carefully. And the reason we add water in at the end is because, trust me, I used to add it at the beginning and it made it impossible. This is everywhere. Wow. This is really... Yeah. Are you sure about this, Rabbi? I am absolutely sure. People okay. around the world make my recipe. Do you think maybe this was this making this cake is a bit of a muscle, really, a bit of an you know an, an analogy for life, really? We don't really know what goes into it or how all the ingredients come together to take something really special. You know, we don't really understand how God runs the world, but you know, the water has to be added after the flour, otherwise it wouldn't work. Uh, do you know what I, you could say that because you're a rabbi, um, <laughs> and it's a rabbi job to be able to link everything. Exactly, back. there's got to be a there's got to be a muscle in there, you know. <laughs> Back, back to God at this time. But the, the thing which which fascinates me, and I, I was in the children's service uh, this weekend uh, because uh, so much of, of Pashat Kitabot, uh, or certainly the beginning, is about having gratitude and, 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 and acknowledging, you know, yeah. Shem's involvement in the produce growing, and certainly for a farmer who's spent all that time toiling the land, trying to make it work. And, and I was saying to the kids that actually, if you think about it, the world is a bit, it's a bit, crazy how how let's say take a little seed and over time that seed is going to turn into an apple mm. and all those processes are, are mind-blowing and we give it this this name nature which almost um devalues it or, or yeah. removes some of that mystique and that magic right. uh, from it but actually it is completely miraculous um right. and actually if you think about it it's it again it's, it it makes no sense that what we're going to do is we put all these ingredients in it's completely watery. You're yep. going to put it in an oven and it's going to turn out into the most incredible cake. Right. It's come together really nicely now, actually. It is a really, really nice, nice and smooth mixture. Brilliant. So what you want to do is you're going to want to pour it into a pan. You don't want to filter the top of a pan because you put self-raising flour in, Rabbi, so it will grow in the oven. So okay. I would say maybe two-thirds of a pan full, and if you need to use another pan, put another pan in as well. Um, okay. So, and be careful, it does literally go everywhere. So... Uh, this, is a bit, this is a worrying bit. I've got my, I've got my, I've got my, my self-lined... It's all going in in one go. Brilliant, brilliant. Yeah. Then, once you've done, put it in the oven. Your oven should now nicely be up to temperature. And I reckon, yeah, about 45 minutes to an hour, keep an eye on it. And it's gonna, trust me, it'll be turning into the most incredible honey cake you have ever made. Whilst it's cooking, I've had a chance to speak to uh, some people who are going to be joining us in Bournemouth over Rosh Hashanah. So there's Rabbi Sylvester, who we all know because he came here before. And there's also two new educators, uh, Michael and Dana Rainsbury, who are coming all the way from Israel. Amazing. 
Same as Rabbi Sylvester as well. But yes. they're all coming from Israel to join well. us uh, for Rosh Hashanah. So let's have a listen to uh, these conversations. Great. So I am now joined by Rabbi Sylvester, who is going to be joining us uh, this year for Rosh Hashanah. We're super excited. Rabbi Sylvester is no stranger to our community. He was here, what was it, four years ago now, I think? Um, and so it's really great to, to have uh, Rabbi Sylvester back. Um, I guess for those people who don't know you, uh, Rabbi, do you want to just tell us a little bit about yourself? Thank you very much. Yes, I grew up in London. I studied history at university. And uh, I had the privilege of being rabbi of Radlett United Synagogue, just up the road from Borehamwood. Um, and those were wonderful years in a fabulous community. Um, and at the end of 2004, I left Radlett and came to live in Israel. Uh, since I've been living in Israel, I have worked in the government, in the prime minister's office. Um, I've been teaching and I've been working as the United Synagogue's rabbi in Israel. I have to ask you, and you can you can say pass if you want. Is there more politics in the Israeli Prime Minister's office or in a United Synagogue shawl? So the truth is, well, first of all, in Radlett, we really made a point of not having any politics at all. And we were pretty successful at that. Um, we were very lucky to have a wonderful, warm community. Uh, the Prime Minister's office was a great fun place to work. Um, my sons used to come sometimes. Uh, during school holidays, and I thought they'd be really impressed by seeing the prime ministers, seeing the ministers as they walked up to the cabinet meetings. Uh, but the truth is, the thing that they thought was most impressive about that place to work was the hot chocolate machine, which they love to use. I guess every office needs a hot chocolate machine, or at least at a minimum, some coffee. Uh, but brilliant. And so you're going to be joining us again for Rosh Hashanah, and I think also for Yom Kippur as well. So so people are going to have two opportunities to hear you. I guess, you know, what's your favourite thing about this time of year? Um, So thinking about it, I think my favourite thing about this time of year is I love the fact that everyone goes around wishing each other Shana Tova. Everyone goes to one another and apologises for the things that they've done or might have done or could have done to hurt one another. And I think it's it's a real feeling of of kind of spring cleaning the community and making us all feel that, that there's a fresh start and renewed friendships. Um, and I find that really, really, really beautiful and inspiring and uplifting. Do you know what? I quite like that metaphor, spring cleaning, because it, it, in a way it kind of captures, I think, on many levels, um, the the days of certainly of Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur where Spring cleaning is something which is not easy. You know, it, it does require a little bit of effort. And yet, once you're through, there's that wonderful feeling that you get at the end. And perhaps, actually, in a way, that's kind of that wonderful feeling you get at the end of Ne'ila, where it's been a really intense day. And then everybody's together for those last few moments. And then it's, wow, you know, there's this sense of achievement. And, and it's then this resolution to try and keep the, the, the house tidy. Um, unfortunately, you know, things sometimes get a bit messy later on, but then you spring clean again. It's actually Absolutely. And that's why the rabbis say that Yom Kippur was the happiest day of the Jewish year, because it's that day when we renew our relationships with each other and with God. 
I have to ask you, you've now triggered this question in my mind, which is, what is your favourite Jewish festival? Oh, Pesach. Pesach, without doubt. And it's that image of the spring cleaning again, which I really, really love. The spring cleaning of the soul. Um, And that sense that everything is like spot on and perfect and telling a wonderful historical story and gathering together, hopefully with family and with friends. It's definitely got to be Pesach. And I guess, you know, you're going to have lots of opportunities to speak over Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur. There's going to be lots of opportunities for people to hear you both in Croxdale and in Yavne. And I think also you might be going to the Elstree uh, service on one of the evenings as well. When somebody's listening to a Rabbi Sylvester talk or a Rabbi Sylvester sermon or a Rabbi Sylvester joke, what, what kind of... What do you think they're, they're going to get away, uh, get from it? What, what what do you think they take away from it? Maybe what's your style? Wow, that's a that's a that's a fabulous question, um, and I'm not even sure that I know how to answer it because I think probably the listeners know better than I do because what you're saying and what people hear are sometimes two very different things. Um, but I think the goal is to try and kind of match the moment, and that's why I always think it's interesting that some rabbis prepare their sermons sort of months in advance um and i don't really understand that because it seems to me that the that a drasha or a sermon is about capturing the mood of that moment i i have to agree so uh bit various people know that actually my rosh hashanah sermon is often written in the hours just before rosh hashanah is coming in i will be thinking about different ideas but I found in, in previous years, I've written the most beautiful, amazing, incredible sermon, let's say three weeks before Rosh Hashanah, and about two days before, I'm looking at it thinking, this is absolute rubbish. I can't <laughs> say this. It doesn't, I, I may, I've just lost the feeling for it. Um, you know, luckily it's not wasted. At some point in the year ahead, magically just uh, it collides and it works, but actually that bit of Torah was perfect for that new occasion. But I've, I've kind of realised I need to give up and just wait until Erev Rosh Hashanah, the day before Rosh Hashanah, to sit down and actually write my sermon because right. it's got to be of the moment. Um, I don't think I've ever got to the stage where I've stood up and not had something to say. Got close. <laughs> got very close one year on Kol Nidre, uh, where I was like really starting to panic. But again, I think the moment somehow just brings it plus you know little helping hand from god doesn't doesn't go amiss right. as well Are you do you tell jokes in sermons or what's what's your approach what's your opinion of jokes in a sermon oh so i i'm not normally i think there's a lot of humor and i hope there's a lot of laughs because i think that's fun but i'm not really a joke teller and if i'm honest it's because i'm way too nervous uh, to tell a joke because I'm always scared that if the joke doesn't come off then I'll look really silly um, so I tend not to tell jokes although I might do one for Colnidre I have one in mind for Colnidre uh, but um, but we'll see do you I, I, listen, I know you grew up here and you you know, spend most but you spend most of your time in Israel when you come back do you try and do any sightseeing Oh, sometimes. Well, what I sometimes do is I take a few days between, especially when my sons used to come with me, we take a few days off before between Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur and go off to somewhere in Europe. So we went to Venice one year and Amsterdam one year and Paris one year. 
Um, so that was a lot of fun. Venice was a little hairy because our plane broke down out of Yom Kippur. Um, so I think, I didn't think I dared do it since then. Um, but it is lovely to do some sightseeing. Brilliant. And I guess probably final question. Is there like a, um, like a secret top tip of somewhere to visit in Israel, maybe somewhere slightly off a beaten path, uh, you know, somewhere just outside of that traditional tourist place. So please don't say the Kotel because, you know, everybody's going to obviously go to the Kotel, I would hope. Uh, right. Is there like a top tip place that you would recommend somebody check out next time they visit Israel? So it's a first fantastic question second of all i have the worst sense of direction so i'm not very good at doing these two and things because i just get lost um but i think one of my favorite places in israel is definitely en gedi um which is a, a stunning stunning place thank you rabbi sylvester we look forward to seeing you in a few days time looking forward very very much very excited about coming thank you So I am now with Dana and Michael Raysbury, who are going to be joining us in Borden L Street for Rosh Hashanah. We're very, very excited. Uh, so say hi. Hello. Hi. Okay. Uh, do you know what? Tell us a little bit about yourselves, um, where you're coming from, why you've chosen to come to Borden Wood. Uh, you know, tell the people something about you. Uh, hi. So, uh, yes, my name is Michael Raysbury. Um why am I coming to Boreham Wood? Because you very kindly asked us to. Um, and we're really excited to come. We live in Israel, in Modian, but I'm originally from South Woodford in London. And to make things even more confusing, I actually work in London for the London School of Jewish Studies at SJS as the head of adult education, so, remotely so, from Israel. So you live in Israel, you grew up in South Woodford, like half of Boreham Wood. Uh, <laughs> you live in London. And Dana, if I'm correct, you're from Australia? Yes, I'm from Melbourne originally, um, and now Israel, obviously. And Do you also work in London? <laughs> no, I very much work in Israel um, at the King Solomon School, which is a bilingual Jewish international school. Not to be confused. <laughs> with the King Solomon um, in London. So I definitely work very much here. But um, we're really looking forward to coming to London for Rosh Hashanah. That's pretty cool. And do you teach in English or in Hebrew? I teach in English, but um, we ha- we're a bilingual school. So some of our classes and our teachers are working in, in Hebrew and some are English. Um, and we have students who are coming with almost no Hebrew because they're New Orleans. And we have students who are coming with very little English. And we're working with both of those at the same time. Um, and that we're really a very international school in that regard. So we've got somebody from the London School of Jewish Studies, which is international in its reach, to and somebody who works in an international school based in Israel. So it's it's two very cool educators who are going to be joining us. Um, you, made, you made that sound even more confusing than the original proposition. I know, but I like I like to make things confusing. Um, so so I, I think you're going to be doing two different things for us in Borwood over Rosh Hashanah. So let me start off with you, Michael. Do you want to just give a little bit of a a taste of what you're going to be doing over Rosh Hashanah. 
So um, um, I'll focus a little bit on the essentials because that's the um, that's the kind of the bulk of what I'm doing. And uh, I actually um, this is like one of my passions over Rosh Hashanah. I, for many years, I did. I think it was 12 years. I did the explan- expl- explanatory services in Woodford, um, and it's uh, it's actually really for me. It's a really it's a privilege to be able to do it. So, so for those who've never been to a Michael Rainsbury essential slash uh, explanatory service, you know, in the pew, although I think it's going to be more comfortable seats. Um, if I'm sitting in one of the more comfortable seats, um, either in Croxdale on day one or Yavne day two, what might I, I be doing? And what can you expect? Yeah. Um, so what I try and do is to bring things together and to have a balance between them. So we, I'll explain one of the prayers. We'll say say or sing the prayers um and and then kind of keep things moving like that so if you are not so familiar with the service you'll have regular announcements about where we are and a kind of running explanation about what we're doing and even if you're familiar with the service it will add so much more meaning and insight meaning and insight because um you'll still be able to fulfill all of the obligations um as if you were in the main shul like i i'm i also see this as as my prayer um except that it's just it, it it's a bit different there are well there are certain things we will shorten and skip uh in order to keep with time but you you'll be replacing that with with hopefully deep and meaningful insights but hopefully it'll be a meaningful experience Brilliant. So as you said, you're going to be on in Croxdale on day one doing the essential service and in Yavne on day Correct. two. Uh, and for those who are on the sites when you're not there, don't worry, there's going to be essential services run by yes. other individuals as well. So there's an essential service on both sites on both days. And there's also one during the day on Yom Kippur again on both sites. The other thing, though, which I'm quite excited about this year, uh, which we're doing is as well as having the for want of a better word, traditional service, as well as having the essential service, we're also going to be doing uh, a tent of inspiration or a room of inspiration or probably a place of inspiration, uh, maybe a nondescript classroom of inspiration, depending if for those who are at Yavne. And I know, uh, Dana, you're going to be involved in that. Yes, I must admit, I was wondering where the idea of tent of inspiration came from and in what kind of room this would be taking place. Um, But that is my understanding of the name of it. So the tent of inspiration is going to be a place where one can take a break from the davening or a step away from the prayer um, and reflect and learn a bit about the themes of the day so I'm going to be doing two sessions um, each day the first at Cro- first day two sessions at Croxdale and then the second day at Yavna um, and I'm planning to do a session in which we take the idea of Rosh Hashanah as the new year as a, as a time of re- reflection and really look at our own Jewish values and um, figure out where we want to, where we are, where we want to be in the future and take this day as a chance to um, reinvigorate our own personal relationship with our Judaism. And that's the idea of what I plan to do for one of the sessions, to really look at, at Jewish values overall and our personal values and how those line up. And then on top of that, there's going to be a session also directly to do with, with the themes of Rosh Hashanah and, and the more traditional, obvious themes of the day and some of the, the stories that are told on Rosh Hashanah and some of the symbolism. 
and just a moment to to really learn about the day and instead of just having the prayer a chance to engage with Torah and a chance to engage with thought and learning on the day and another way just uh, to spend the day meaningfully meaningfully and to do something of value on Rosh Hashanah itself if sitting in shul for the entire time isn't quite right for everybody I think it's so great that the show is bringing this in this year and really saying that we've got all these options and that there's going to be something for everybody and there's going to be so many different opportunities to hear to listen to pray to learn to get involved in all these different ways and I'm really excited to be able to bring another aspect of that to to the days as well. I, I, I think we're really looking forward to having you and to be able to do this you know I, I it, as I reflect the, the name Rosh Hashanah it has so many different meanings but you know if we take it at the Rosh the head of the Shanel the year it, it, in many ways it is our strategy day a day that we should kind of think about the, the year ahead the vision that we've got going forward and and set a bit of a strategy and so to have an opportunity to to think about the major themes is a really really uh wonderful opportunity and again i would strongly encourage uh anybody just to to dip into one or two of those sessions uh to really get something from the day uh, before we end I, I want to ask you what is your favorite thing um about Rosh Hashanah or Yom Kippur, about this time of year? What is the, the one thing you, you're looking forward to most being able to do? Let's. For me, one of my favourite things is the, the fact that we're just so Jewish in this time. We spend two days Rosh Hashanah and then it's Yom Kippur, followed by Sukkot. There's a lot of time in shul. There's a lot of food. There's a lot of family time. And it's really this chance to reconnect with being Jewish more than any other time of the year, both as a family and spending more time in shul and reflecting and just like the Jewish reconnection point of the year, plug into being Jewish, feel being Jewish and think about it all. And I just love that. Like it's so intense and it can be a hard slog sometimes two days Rosh Hashanah and then Yom Kippur and then I'm like, okay, we've got to go energy back up for Sukkot. But at the same time, it's so exciting to live this intensely Jewish life for a couple of weeks um, and really be be present in that. So I'm really looking forward to that. And of course, coming to England and being with the family is really exciting. And it's, for me, I've spent a lot of Rosh Hashanahs in London, um, which is pre, in, the, pre, in a pre-COVID world, which I'm very excited to come back. Um, and so now for me, if I look at the last, you know, eight years since I made Aliyah, more Rosh Hashanahs have been in London than they have in Israel. So it's a really special part of my Rosh Hashanah experience as well is, is, being with the family in London, being in shul and getting to be involved in different projects with you as well. I, I, I guess Rosh Hashanah is the one festival where everybody does two days around the world. So you're, you're not losing anything, so to speak, by leaving Israel to come to, to Warwood Wood. It's all planned out. It's all planned out. We have, done, we have done the three-day yontops of, of the, the long Rosh Hashanahs in London as well, because, yes, as you said, everyone's in the same boat. Uh, brilliant. We are very much looking forward to seeing. Uh, that, sounds, that sounds great. Fantastic education tabs coming in for, for Rosh Hashanah. We've got fantastic options. Obviously, we've got the main service options on both sites. We've also got the essential services, which were really, really popular the last few years. And we've also got a tent of inspiration. 
Um, as I, or, or as I like to say, the nondescript room of inspiration. Uh, certainly yes. out there because I don't think it's actually going to be a tent. No, not actually a tent. I'm afraid, no, no. Um, but yes, but there will be inspiration. Definitely, definitely. Whether it's in a tent or not, just wiping the flower off, flower dust off my laptop. Ah, yeah, you've got to do that before Pesach. <laughs> yes, before Pesach. I've got six months to go. Plenty of plenty of time. So I guess, uh, Rabbi, do you have any almost final thoughts uh, before Rosh Hashanah? Yeah, well, I think, you know, like the honey cake, it should all come out, it should all turn out good. It should turn out good for all of us. Uh, you know, I think we could all do with, with a great year ahead. I think it's, it's been long overdue. Um, so we're really looking forward to it. Really looking forward to seeing everyone back in person. Uh, uh, you know, I think we've, we've, we've left COVID behind us now and it's a new dawn. Uh, um, and it's just be great. Looking forward to seeing the short fall and people buzzing around the site. Um, and yeah, it should be, should be a great year for everybody. Brilliant. So, um, Rabbi, I want you to send me a picture once your honey cake is done. Right. And then perhaps even, do you know what, in Tashlich on day one, perhaps I'll bring a slice of my honey cake and you can bring a slice of your honey cake. Right. Uh, and we can give it to some random person and they can taste which honey cake yeah. is Well, I think, I think we should widen it out. I think we should open this up, you know, open this as you know, competition to the whole community. Who thinks they can make a better honey cake than you or me? Very good idea. I, 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 I challenge the entire community, anybody who's listening, I challenge you to make a better honey cake than Rabbi Chapa. <laughs> challenge on, let's go. Let's see that we can do this. Brilliant. Okay, well... Thank you, you very much, Rabbi. That was a great masterclass in honey, in honey cake making. Uh, and, uh, you know, you know the, the student becomes the, the, the teacher. Not quite, not quite. You've still got still got a few more lessons to go, but I think it's probably time to wish everybody a Shana Tova. That's right, a Shana Tova Mutuka, a happy, healthy and a sweet new year, not just the honey cake, but also the year as well.